Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. Ooh, perfect song for what God has for us today, I believe. Um, so I hope you're prepared for what God has for you. It's been an interesting week. Um, all right, first off, who are our grammar Nazis in the audience? Okay, cool. It's funny. Weird things stick with you in life. I don't know if you find this. Uh, but it was like my mom was always really like hyper about good diction and spelling. And I, I kind of turned into that. I was like a nerdy kid who used to like read the dictionary for fun uh, just to find new words and stuff like that. Um, so it was like, it's weird. I literally struggled with the title of this sermon, which is just bizarre because it's two words just living. But in this, initially, I was like, you know, just living, because I wanted to kind of throw that out there. But it was like, I couldn't, as hard as I tried, I couldn't just do L-I-V-I-N with a little apostrophe. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do just living. So it's just living, <laughs> which is better, because it's like, instead of just, just living, it's just living, okay? So there is a difference, and we'll, we'll get to the difference as we move through this, definitely. Um, but it's, it's funny how those things kind of get to you. Um, so, we have a rock climber, and he's enjoying the morning. It was probably warmer than today. And uh, he's, he's climbing up the rock face, and he's jo- enjoying his climb. He's enjoying the view, and, and it's just spectacular for him. And as he's moving up the, the rock face, he grabs onto a hold, and it lets loose, and he starts tumbling down. And now he's panicking, and he doesn't know what's going on. He's, he doesn't know which way is up, and he's just grabbing for anything he can grab. And boom, he finally catches a root. And he's dangling there and just trying to catch his breath. And he's just like, what am I going to do? So he's hoping that maybe there's somebody that has already ascended that's up there that could help him. So he calls up. Hello, is there anybody up there who can help me? And there's a pause. And then this majestic voice booms down. I'm here and I can help you, but you will have to have faith in what I say. He's Okay, okay, tell me what I need to do. And the voice says, Let go of the root. And he goes, Let go of the root. <laughs> and there's this pause, and he's thinking. And then you hear, Hello up there, is there anyone else who can hear me? (laughs) That's the tension we live with every day, isn't it? When God wants us to step out in faith and walk in faith and live in faith, he wants us to let go of the root and trust him. And we struggle with that a lot. (laughs) And I'll, I'll, I'll lift my hand. I mean, I struggle with that at times, too. Because it's, sometimes God asks us to do things that are challenging. Sometimes he asks us to do things that are countercultural. Sometimes he asks us to do things that our friends, our friends, our Christian friends, the people who love us, don't agree with. 
That's a challenge. But who do we listen to? Are we going to yield to the friends or are we going to yield to the Lord? That's the tension. So as we get into this, we're going to be in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Uh, if you want to, there's a Bible in the seats there. It would be page 1293 if you want to follow along. Uh, otherwise, in your own Bible. We're using New King James as we preach the word today, so that'll help you if you want. But just a couple of things I wanted you to know before we kind of dig in. Um, a lot of people theme the book of Romans as Christ in you, understanding who Christ is and how he works in your life. Um, Romans is seen by many as the great foundational letter of the New Testament, uh, because what we find here, um, it's a full sweep of salvation from beginning to end and everything that kind of rounds out uh, what salvation holds. And keep in mind, you know, as we're going through Romans, it's hard. We hear, you know, the gospel and preaching the gospel and salvation and all that. And we, you can easily go to, oh, you know, he's writing to the unsaved Romans. He's not. This letter is to the believers in Rome. And so you've got to keep that in mind as we kind of go through some of these verses and as we deal with some of the, the, the texts that he's dealing with here, or he's talking about here. Uh, one theologian said... Uh, if you want to see what God is doing with you as an individual and with the human race as a whole, then master the book of Romans. So, I mean, it's a very practical book. It will help bring greater understanding to who you are and your relationship with the Lord. Now, Roman develops salvation in these three tenses. And again, this is just kind of background for you to kind of give you some context. Um, so the, the three tenses are past, I was saved when I believed in Jesus. And that's the whole idea of justification. I was justified when I believed in Christ. Um, it's that right standing before God, right? Justified, never sinned. Now, have you ever pondered that? Have you ever pondered what would your life look like if you never sinned? I mean, it's, it's I, I just, I ponder that at times. It's like, hmm, if my past wasn't my past, if I didn't have all that stuff that haunts me, what would it be like? How would I act? How would I interact with the world? How would I think about myself? But that's what God's asking us to do. Because to him, it's gone. Christ took care of it. It is as far as the east is from the west. And he looks at us that way as if I'd never sinned. It's mind-blowing. And sometimes the, the tension we have with us and God is because we think, oh, he's holding that stuff against me, and oh, he knows what it's all about. And, uh, not true. Christ paid for that. All right, secondly, present tense. I am being saved as the character of Jesus Christ becomes obvious in my life. And that's the whole process of sanctification, becoming more and more Christ-like. And, you know, that's the, the tension, right, of yielding. Yielding to the Word, yielding to what God asks of us, yielding to, to change things in our life. Um, are you different today than you were a year ago? In the faith? In your walk? Because it's a sanctification, it's an ongoing thing. It's always going to be happening until we stand before the Lord. And so there should be, even, you know, it might be minor at times, but there should be change in our life. Sanctification, more and more Christ-like. And I'll tell you, there was a time in my life where 
fairly critical <laughs> person. Um, and um, I remember when God finally gave me just the eyes of compassion for people. Um, it, it's just to see people as he sees people. Um, when I talk to anybody, there's no judgment there. Um, I, I don't see myself as greater than any um, because without Christ, I know where I'd be, and that would be in destruction. And it's a challenging place to come to where you realize without Christ, you would always choose destruction. But that's the power of Christ in me. That he allows me to make good decisions, right decisions. And that's him working in my life and through my life. And as I, I obviously I'm a pastor, I should be a compassionate person, right? Um, but that took a while for God to get me there. To look at everyone with the need of Christ and to not judge at all. And, and that, uh, everyone is my friend in that respect. I mean, most people, you know, I, I've not met a friend that I haven't met yet, right? I, I have such a heart for people. And the thing is, is, I can't take credit for it. Because I would be that judgmental, critical person without Christ. And that's him in me that has made me that way. And I thank him for that because it, yes, I get the benefit of being a better person, but I enjoy people so much more because it's not about judgment, it's not about being critical, it's not about any of that. It's about enjoying the image of Christ in different people, the gifts that they have, and how God's working in their life. So cool. All right, so we have the past. I was saved when I believed in Jesus. Present, I am being saved as the character of Christ becomes more obvious in my life. Uh, and then thirdly, the future. I shall be saved in the resurrection life with a glorified body. Everyone say hallelujah, hallelujah. right? Because it's like, we want that glorified body. Uh, when I stand in the presence of the Son of God and enter into the fullness of the truth of God. And that's the whole idea of glorification. Uh, the completion of the transformation when we stand in the presence of Christ for eternity. Won't that be awesome? So this is the backdrop, okay, that we're walking into Romans with, uh, that we're going to find as we move through the book of Romans. Now we're only looking at a little piece today. Hopefully it will spur you on to read through the book of Romans over the next week or month or what have you and, and get the full benefit of it. But we'll, we'll take a little picture today and hopefully it will bless you. Now, there's two things you are probably tired of hearing me say. One of those is, the truth is what God says, no matter how I feel. I say that a lot, because I want people to believe it. The truth is what God says, no matter how I feel. We struggle with that, because we feel certain ways, and we do certain things, and that can get us into trouble. And I know that because I've gotten myself into trouble by having my feelings direct how I live my life. The second thing is belief determines behavior, okay? Just like our climber. He did not believe that if he let go of the root, he was going to be okay. That is very true of us. Sometimes we don't believe that, all right, God's word says this, but... <laughs> but God's word says this. And we've got to come to grips with everything in this book. 
everything. Everything that pertains to life, everything that pertains to godliness, everything that we need now is here. And belief determines behavior, and we're either going to let go of the root when God says let go of the root, or we're going to plot our own trail. And who knows where we'll end up. And I, I fully understand the tension. All of us deal with it. And that's the, the exercising of faith, is letting that tension not dictate, but yielding to God in it. Giving him license to lead you, to direct you, and to provide guidance in a way that's going to only do you good. See, that's the thing. That's another belief. What do you believe about God? He is good. Oh, but that doesn't sound like a good decision. That sounds like it'll be hard. But God knows what's good for us. And we've got to believe that. You know, sometimes we believe God's up there with that giant two-by-four just waiting. Mess up. Go ahead. Mess up. I can't wait. And that's not who he is. That's so not who he is. All right. So first, first thing first, just living is understanding one thing, and that is that we are called to be saints. We are called to be saints. Um, before I read the text and we kind of make some points, I, I want to make a point. <laughs> um, I, do, I do a fair amount of counseling with people, believers and unbelievers alike, and, you know, one of the, I call it an excuse, one of the excuses I get from a lot of people is, you know, well, I'm just a sinner. That's just how it is. And that really grinds my gears. <laughs> I understand that, and I know there's a level of semantics that come into play here. But if we're going to think we're a sinner and believe we're a sinner, what are the odds that we're going to have more sin in our life? They're great. It's greater. But see, that's the wrong belief. Yes, yes, I, I understand. All of us in this room, myself included, we have sinned. Okay, and they, well, you have sinned, therefore you are a sinner. Here's where the semantics come in. We are called to be saints. Okay? And so we have to do something with the finished work of Jesus Christ. Either it conquered sin and death, or it did not. Tension we have to wrestle with. So let's look into the text a little bit and clarify, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are called of Jesus Christ, to all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. See, I'm not making this up. I didn't come up with a really cool title. It's right there in the text. Grace to you 
and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our calling to be saints. And we've got to understand that is our identity in Christ. And that should dictate how we live. See, Paul's trying to communicate here, and you look at everything he's talking about, and it's who Christ is and what he's done and how it changes you and what it does in your life because you're called to be saints. That's going to be your identity. That's how you've got to realize who you are in the morning. Now, I'm not conscious until 11, but when the alarm clock goes off, I've got to try to remember, I am a saint today, and I've got to act like a saint today, and I've got to carry myself like a saint today. Because the life I live in this body is because of Christ. You know, I was crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer lived. It is Jesus Christ who lives in me. I'm a saint. I carry, I house the Spirit within me, as do you. And we've got to remember that. We are the sons and daughters of the King. And we've got to live up to that title. Now, as saints, we're called to focus on some specific things. It starts with, and I alluded to it earlier, but placing your trust in the Holy Scriptures. And it comes right from this verse, these verses. Uh, placing your confidence in God's Son, Jesus Christ. And that's where it really, so much is foundational there. Placing your faith in grace over works by walking in obedience to his truth. And I want to camp there just for a second. Sometimes we get works confused. Uh, we think that, you know, if I do this good thing, if I do that good thing, that's going to be good. I'm a Christian. I should be doing this. And sometimes we can fill our lives with a lot of good things. But they're not necessarily best things or God things. God wants us dependent on him. And again, that's another tension we live with on a daily basis. What does he want? How does he want me to move? How does he want me to guide my life? How does he want me to, to interact with this decision or this situation? And there's a tension there. But, but he calls us to walk in obedience to him. And sometimes we need to step back and just wait. Wait for his voice. Another tension. We don't wait well. We don't. We don't. I mean, we have all kinds of devices and gizmos in our homes that do what? Speed things up. <laughs> it's a challenge. And we lean or tend to be independent people and yielding to God is a challenge. All right, identifying as a saint because of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead. And I kind of I talked about this a little bit before, but I definitely want to camp here again because Jesus conquered sin and death. Jesus did not go to the cross so that we could remain sinners. He broke the bondage of sin. We do not have to be slaves to sin any longer. 
See, that's that, that's that glorified body why I said, well, let's say hallelujah. Because even though we are, we've got the spirit in us and we're housed in this, you know, he's, it's housed in this body, this body is still subject to sin. And that's what we're battling with. How we feel. And we've got to get away from dictating how we live by how we feel. You know, when I get up first thing in the morning, I don't feel saved. <laughs> I don't smell saved. I, I probably don't look saved either. But I am. And we've got to always be bringing that consciousness into the equation for us. I'm a believer. I'm a son of God. I've got a title of saint because of Jesus Christ in me. And God wants him to be seen. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute, so I won't belabor here. But later in Romans, Paul challenges us to this in Romans 13, 14. It says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, because there's our battleground to fulfill its lusts. And, you know, we, we kind of write that off sometimes. You know, oh, it's talking about lust. You know, oh, I'm not a lustful person, whatever. We are. We've got to trust the word. And, and it's in the flesh. That's where those feelings all come from. And it's not just about a sexual thing. Lusts are on all kinds of things. About being envious and about all things that we want and don't have or what have you. And we battle with that but we can have victory. We can have victory over those things in Christ. That's the important part. That's always the, the attachment that has to be there. In Christ. That's why that last song to me was just so perfect to get our, our mind around this. It's all about Christ. It's all about him. It's all about what he's done. It's foundational on him. And we've got to remember that. See, sometimes we live like our Christianity is dependent on us. I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to be this, I got to be that. And, and I'm, I don't want you to get caught up in like a legalistic to-do list kind of thing. But it is arranging your life that I don't have to do any of this stuff. I don't. But as believers, we should want to because when we start to understand who Christ is and what he's done, we should be compelled to live for him. Compelled to hear his voice and to, to do what it says. Because we understand the sacrifice that was made for our sin. Living as a saint is a conscious decision you make to put off the deeds of the flesh and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it needs to be a daily awareness. We are called to be saints. All right, next. We need to be confirmed in the faith. Uh, starting in verse 8. It says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means, now at last, that um, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, 
that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And this is where faith needs to show up. God wants us to let it be real, let it be seen. And then, again, this is where that that tension shows up. And again, I know we all have different situations and circumstances in our life. But Christ wants to be visible. Christ needs to be visible. And we're the people he's using. If If you're a believer here today and you're saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, he wants people to know you are. And again, you don't have to wear the t-shirts, you don't have to wear a sign, you don't have to have a halo, but your activity, your interactions with people should reveal something that you're different. And sometimes that's just you know, openly talking about prayer, or openly talking about God, or openly talking about you know, how you process decisions. Um, I remember dealing with a realtor, and he looked at me like I had four heads one time because I was like, you know, oh my gosh, I need to get home, and my wife and I really need to pray about this. And he was like, what? You're buying a house. You know, you you make a decision, and you do that. Like, well, that's not how I make decisions. (laughs) I just don't do that. Um, You know, I remember being in one house, and they were like, you know, uh, it's 11.45, and all offers have to be in by noon, and I know this is a little bit beyond your budget, but uh, if you're going to put in an offer, it's got to be at least a full price and probably a little bit more. And I'm like, I don't make 15-minute decisions for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't do that. (laughs) It's not how I work. He's like, what are you you talking about? You're, You're here to buy a house. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, God's directing this, and I, he's part of this process. Oh, you know, you, you get that, right? The rolling of the eyes and the head that, you know, fall, fall, falls over to the side. Oh, oh, you're praying about it, okay. But I don't care. Because I would rather be that person and in God's will and, and unified with God than the 15-minute person any day. I used to be that person, you know, before Christ. Destruction. That's, that, that was the path. It is so humbling to come to that place where you realize, without Christ, I will always choose destruction. And that's all of us. That's not just me. It's hard. Because we all think we're good people. The only thing that is good is Christ. And it's hard to realize that, wow, without him, I would be a nasty person. I would follow my own way. I would do my own thing. I would, I would become cruel and whatever. It, that's hard, because that's who I'd be without Christ. That's why faith has got to come in and infuse into who we are as believers. It's got to take part in our decision-making. It, it's got to take hold of us and show up. Because as we start to interact that way, as we start to live that way, Christ is seen. And that's what he wants us to do. He's like, I'm in here. I want you to work out your salvation. Show them me because I'm really attractive. When people see me, they want me. When people understand who I am, they draw near to me. And guess what? I'm going to bring you on to this project. Because you're housing me, 
and my spirit's in you, and you know how to use the word of God, even if you're just newly saved. Because you know what it takes. And you notice that, you know, we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about salvation, and we don't hear about any kind of work stuff, do we? It's all about understanding who Christ is, understanding what Christ has done, understanding the fact that the gospel has all the power you need. See, that's where the faith aspect comes in. We think we've got to become this real skillful theologian, and we've got to be this expert apologist, and we've got to go out, you know, armed and ready. No. God says, my spirit. He wants us to be Moses. You know, but I'll give you the words, and you know, I'm going to speak through you. Just show up. That's all I ask. Just show up. My spirit will work within you. He will guide you. He'll direct you. He'll give you what you need. And it is so cool when you start to have a conversation with somebody and you're kind of having an inner dialogue about, Lord, I have no clue where to go with this. And he, you know, he says, you know, just say this. You know, and it's like, you're like, okay, this word pops into your head and you're like, no, oh, that's a dumb word. Why would I say that word? That sounds stupid. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, and you say, okay, well, I'm going to go for it because that's kind of the word that came into my head. And you say, you know, well, you know, the only thing that comes to mind when you say that is, you know, blabbity blab. And the person looks at you like, how did you know? And you're like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. But God knows and when we are yielded to him and willing to, to start interacting with him on a personal level, a level of faith, exercising faith that he will work within us. He will give us the power. He will give us the energy. He will do the work. It's transformational in your Christian walk. Because God's ways are not our ways. Are not our ways. I can barely say it. It's so true. <laughs> They're not. He, does, he uses simple things and minor things to confound people. And there are, there are times when I've talked to people and I've said things that kind of, you know, it's the first thing that comes to my mind and I'm wrestling with saying those things to them and I say them and they resonate in a way that impacts them and, and I have to go, Lord, you just showed up in an amazing way and you're working in that person's life and it's amazing. And I was a part of that. I get to see that. And you start to see God showing up. And when that starts to happen, you want to see him all the time. You don't want to live without that because it's like you start to see that living in dependence on the Lord is freeing because you don't have to start figuring things out. You don't have to start coming up with things. You don't have to be you know, studying for days and days. Oh, I've got to know the whole Bible so if somebody asks me a question, I know how to answer it. You don't have to do that. You just get to be you. And there are days that you're going to have something to say, and there are days that he's going to give you a word, and then there are days you're going to go, you know, cricket. I don't know what to tell you. I, I've drawn a blank. It's, I, I feel for your situation. I will pray for you. And, you know, we say that, but I'll tell you, in the unsaved world, when you say, you know, I'll pray for you, people are humbled. They realize that there's something to prayer. The unsaved world. You know, as believers, we should have a greater understanding of how that all works and have more power there. I mean, sometimes, you know, you hear it all the time. Oh, well, all we can do is pray now. We've done everything. <laughs> now we'll give it to God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, start, let's start there. Let's start there, right? All right. I'll get off my soapbox and keep going here. 
Whoa, oh, this thing. All right, so your faith should be obvious. Your faith should be attractive, being confirmed in the faith, and your faith should be unifying. And that's this whole idea of being confirmed in the faith. Um, you know, I, I waxed way too eloquent on obvious. Um, attractive. Because it's like, you know, God's not calling us to be wackos. He wants us to be different, but he wants us to be different in a very attractive way. And, and I said it briefly, but when Jesus Christ is seen in us, it is attractive. People are drawn to it. Uh, but it also should be unifying. Um, it should be a point where it draws us together. Our faith should draw us together as sons and daughters of Christ, uh, that we see that family dynamic and that element, and that there is a interdependence. I mean, everyone that's in this room, we really need in our lives in some way, shape, or form. And trying to figure out how to do that um, is important. Um, God did not design us to live in isolation. Uh, he designed us for relationship. And so when we, we can understand that and we can start interacting with people of how can I serve them, guess what happens when you have 20 other people that are figuring out how can they serve you? There's an interdependence that starts to, to happen and a dynamic that we start to see God working in new and unique ways because the body of Christ is now starting to become active. And that's a work of the faith. Our faith, God's faith. But it comes with yielding. So we're called to be saints. We're confirmed in the faith. Uh, Philippians challenges us this way. Philippians 1.27. It says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, uh, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Again, and that's the, the unity that's available there. That's the oneness that's available. And it's a really cool dynamic. Um, you know, yesterday, Scott Pelletier, uh, Scott and Alicia moved, and uh, there was this gigantic crew of people that showed up. Scott was like, wow, there's almost too many people here. But I think that's so cool. I mean, we packed up all their stuff in an hour and a half. It was amazing. It actually took us longer to like unload stuff because all the doors in their new house are like half the size. <laughs> they literally had to take the couch apart to get it into the house. It was interesting. That was, what, that was fun to watch. Um, but it, it's, it's incredible to see, you know, a group of men and women come together and they all did their thing, you know, to, to help them get into this house. And there's, there's a unity there. There's a oneness there that uh, is so different from just helping someone out because of what draws you there and what compels you to be there. It's so cool. Uh, living by faith opens your eyes to the Lord's hand working in your life and around your life. Um, so if you want to see God's hand, start operating in faith. Start exercising that faith that you have and uh, doing things in new and unique ways according to the Lord. Um, it's hard because we oftentimes are just trying to get through the day, and God wants us to hear his voice. All right, so we're established or confirmed in the faith. So we've got called to be saints, confirmed in the faith, and then finally committed to live by faith. And this is a, a choice you've got to make. 
verse 13. We'll kind of go through this because we're running out of time. Oh, beat the clock. I love it. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Just living by faith. Uh, To be committed to live by faith, you're committing to trust God's truth versus culture's norms. Tension. Because they're getting stronger and stronger and more in our face every day. And there's tension there. There's tension to live there. But it will serve you better to trust God's truth always. Uh, committing to live openly Christian despite the p- potential repercussions. And again, I, I'm not saying you address everything and you fight every front. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying listen to God. He will show you the right time. He will give you the right words. He will show you the when, the where, the how, all of that. It, it's living in concert with the Spirit of God so that you're, you're having those opportunities when they're there and you're waiting for opportunities and looking for them, and you start to see his hand working and providing opportunities. It's a cool thing. Uh, Committing to live openly Christian despite the potential repercussions. Committing to righteousness even when life gets hard. (laughs) Oh, I could go down a really long road about people who who come and just say, oh, but that's hard. Yes, life is hard. I agree. It's, it's hard. But it's easy to walk in obedience. God says this, you do this. It's literally that simple. But that's hard. It is hard. Yeah, I get it. But that's where I can do some things through Christ who strengthens me. No, wrong word. All things, right? And that's walking in faith, trusting him, trusting that this is difficult, uh, this, I, don't, I don't know how to reconcile this, but God says it, so I'm going to adopt it. Ephesians 4, 4 through 5, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the power. That's the strength. That's what can overcome the it's hard. Christ in us. And that's what Paul's emphasizing from the very gate. This is about him. It's about his strength. It's about his power. It's about he's overcome death, sin, and all of it. We've got to remember the power that's there. We've got to remember who he is. We've got to remember what's available there. It's not about you doing these things. It's not about all of that other stuff. It's letting him work. Quickly finishing up. Just living calls believers up to impact the world, not compete with it. It's a different mindset. 
Sometimes we think, you know, we've got to battle it out. We've got to... No. Live in a way that you can have an impact. And you know what? We've got families. We've got neighbors. We've got friends. We've got people we interact with in different ways. It's, it's becoming more and more different. Because like we used to all interact with people at the grocery store and at the bank. And a lot of those places we don't go to anymore. Right? Now it's, it's our phone. <laughs> so we're interacting with instead of people. But there are people in our lives and, you know, in, in different ways and shapes and forms. Impact them. God's asking us to impact them. Um, not compete. Just living challenges our thinking in three areas. Then we'll be done. Our identity. We're no longer sinners but saints saved by grace. Our actions. We are working toward unity and becoming more Christ-like. And our virtue. We are only successful in the Christian life when Christ is in control. Called to be saints, confirmed in the faith, committed to live by faith. Not simple, not easy, but possible in Christ. Pray with me. Father, we realize that there is tension in so many of these things. But so much of that tension is us produced. You don't produce that. You provide solutions. Obedience, faith, trust. <laughs> Easy words to say. But Lord, challenging sometimes to, to walk in those ways and do those things in our life. But Lord, we pray that even in our, our challenge to walk in faith, that you will draw us along. Help us to start small and build. Show us the next step that we need to do that helps us to remember we are called to be saints and that we can use faith in a new way, in a different way, Lord. But help us to choose faith every day and not choose our own way. Help us to be committed to faith. The just shall live by faith. Help us to choose that. It's so easy to adopt the world's point of view or their solutions. And some of them sound so logical and make so much sense to us. Your ways are not man's ways. May we always continue to yield to you and trust you. Lord, help us impact the world this week for you in an attractive way. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. I pray you guys have a great week.